Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, Fellowship Church. How are we doing this morning? How many of you have got joy in the house? Oh, come on, first service is better than this. How many of you have got joy in the house? Come on, lift up your voice and give God a shout of praise this morning. Come on.
Treat it like it doesn't matter I don't want to lose the wonder of your presence And I don't want to come and tire Just want to run it like a child Caught up in the joy and wonder of your presence So to my first love coming back to Jesus coming back to you no more going through the motions you're my one devotion I'm coming back to you Suddenly the room is shifting I'm finding it again The wonder of your presence And I never want to leave communion Just want to be where you're moving Caught up in the joy and wonder of your presence Cause I am coming back to first
song, it's all about God's track record. What has he done in the past? Because what he's done in the past, he'll do again. There's a verse in Psalm, Psalm 78, 7, it says this, it says, so each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles. And the body of Christ is, is built up of generations. We've got first generation miracle receivers in this room. We've got second generation miracle receivers in this room, third generation, fourth generation miracle receivers in this room. And maybe you're waiting for your miracle. Let us together as the body of Christ set our hope anew on God. You're waiting for your miracle, but you see it in your people next to you, your brothers and sisters in Christ next to you. They've received their miracle and the same God who gave them their miracle will give you your miracle, will give you your breakthrough. So Father God, we thank you for being the same God the same God that we read about in the Old Testament who split the seas and, and did incredible miracles, the same God who died and rose again on a cross, same God who healed the blind, healed the sick, made the lame to walk. You are the same God. You're the same God who brought financial breakthrough for someone standing right next to us. You're the same God that cured a cancer illness. You're the same God for those people. And so God, we declare and we set our hope anew that you will be the same God for us in our weakness, in our trials, and in our need, God. You will be that same God and we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name, amen. All right, hey, thank you. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Fellowship Church, guys. We are so glad you are here. Go ahead and take a seat. If this is your first time here watching online, we are so glad you joined us. Text in the comment section where you're watching from. Also, if this is your first time watching or if this is your first time in the room, a big thank you and a big welcome from Fellowship Church that you are here. We are so excited that you are here. We love to connect the unconnected. And if you're here wanting to know a little bit more about us, wanting to get connected in some kind of way here at Fellowship Church, the way you can do that is you can text fellowship to 94,000. If you text that, we'll get right back to you. And, and this is a way also for you to text, uh, sign up for our text message about any upcoming events here that are going on at Fellowship Church. We only text you a few times a month about what is going on, maybe a new series. So if that is you and your first time, please text. We'd love to to have a record of you being here. Also, if you're in the room and this is your first time here, we are so glad you're here. As you leave today, go ahead and go to the information counter. We'd love to shake hands with you, answer any immediate questions that you might have, as well as get, as well as get you a little swag bag, as well as a free coffee drink for you and your members of your family that have come to visit with you. We are so, so glad that you are here. Well, as we get prepared to give, there are many ways you can give. You can give online, you can give through texting, you can give on the Church Center app. We do have boxes on your way out into the lobby as well, but I read this really funny story that kind of reminded me of us here at Fellowship Church uh, a couple weeks ago. And so the story goes like this. There is a man uh, at a coffee shop and he's, and he's standing there and he's very frustrated at the, the coffee shop, but he's really taking all, out all his frustration on the cash ear right there. And he's mad because they don't have the same like coffee drink that he always had. They're, they're out of oat milk. I don't know. He's just mad. Okay. And so he is really getting after this cashier about it. The cashier can't do anything about it. They don't have any oat milk. What does he want them to do? But the, the, the person is just livid about it. Okay. And so they're really going after this cashier. This cashier doesn't deserve it. And the lady behind him, okay, uh, reaches into her purse. And as he's doing that, she just reaches around. She's waiting in line to get her drink. She has not put in her order or anything. She just grabs some money out of her, like a couple bucks out of her pocket, just drops that in the tip jar, okay? Guy kind of looks back and looks and then continues to go on and, and, and yell at, at the, the cashier. And so another few more, like a few more seconds of him yelling, she goes ahead and grabs a couple more dollars, drops that in the tip jar and goes back and waits back behind him in line. And at this point, the guy's getting a little frustrated about it, okay? But he just tries to ignore it one more time. So he goes back and this time she grabs out a $20 bill, grabs it, drops that in the tip jar and goes back in the line. The guy turns around and looks at her and says, what are you doing? And she goes, there's an ATM outside. I can do this all day if I need to. And somebody commented on this little story and they said, aggressive generosity, that can change the world. Okay, and I think it's such a perfect picture of what we are here 
at Fellowship Church. We have aggressive generosity. When we see the needs of the, the foster home children that are, are, that are on the tree, our angel tree, we aggressively go and get every single name off of that tree and make sure that those kids have Christmas presents underneath the tree. Every year we do that. That is aggressive generosity and aggressive generosity can change the world. And I love that anytime there is a need here at Fellowship Church, anytime we hear about a need uh, as a church family in this valley, we are so quick to be aggressively generous to fix that problem. And I think God will bless us for our aggressive generosity. Amen. Let me pray for you as you get prepared to give. God, thank you. Thank you that you've given us what we have. Everything that we have comes from you. And thank you, God, that you have placed in us a heart to be aggressively generous to the needs of this world that you have called us to meet, God. I pray, Lord, for a special blessing over these people, Lord. As they are generous, God, as they refresh others, may themselves be refreshed. May they be blessed in abundance, Father God, for everything that you have done for us, God. We say thank you and we give you back in return. We love you and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Here's what's going on at Fellowship Church. We have an event coming up this Wednesday the 7th at 6 p.m. called Surviving the Holidays. If you or someone you know have ever been affected by separation or divorce, we encourage you to come and be a part of this event this week. If something like this has ever affected your family, it can make your day-to-day -day really hard, but especially around the holidays. Showing up to this night will give you the tools to hopefully be able to make it through this holiday season a little bit stronger. The cost for this event is $15, and that will cover a catered dinner and a workbook. If you have any questions about this event, you're welcome to stop by our info counter. We have a guest reception coming up next Sunday the 11th. If you haven't been with us for very long, this is your first time or even your second or third time, we would love to get to know you. Some of our pastors would love to meet you and we'd really like to answer any questions that you might have. You can sit down with one of our guest reception representatives. We've got a continental breakfast and we just wanna hear about who you are and help you to get connected if that's what you're wanting to do. We wanna make you feel loved and at home. You can sign up for this event on the Church Center app. We wanna say thank you for all of you who have already adopted a child from our angel tree. This sweet program blesses so many families in our Grand Valley. Today is the last day to be able to pick up an angel off of those trees. You can head out to the table set up in the lobby and they'll have all of the info for you. We do need to have those gifts back by Sunday the 11th by noon. If you have any questions, let us know. We are so excited to come together for our Christmas Eve services and celebrate together as a church family. Our service times will be on Saturday, December 24th at 1 and 3 p.m. And we will also be rebroadcasting our service at 5 p.m. that night if you're not able to make it. Now, since Christmas falls on a Sunday, our Christmas Eve services are gonna serve as our weekend service this week. We can't wait to see you there. If you ever want more information on anything that we have going on here at the church or you'd like to sign up for something, you can always go to fellowshipgj.com events and you're always welcome to stop by the info counter and talk to us. Church family, we love getting to do life with you. Thank you for being here with us today and enjoy today's message. series called Blind Spots. And this is our fifth week. And we've talked about all kinds of blind spots that we can have in our life. And a blind spot is something that is an issue within us that we can't see, but others can see. And it can be detrimental to our life. And it's things that we want to identify. In the first week, we talked about unresolved hurts. A lot of times that we have unresolved hurts in our life, and as a result, it can cause problems uh, in many different ways. And we talked about discouragement, we talked about anger, and then we talked about arrogance. And this week, we're going to talk about how to make hard changes in ourselves. Because we, it's one thing to identify something, but it's something altogether different to actually change to see an issue and then take the steps to change. Now, I found this video online. It's, 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 uh, it's around the Christmas holidays, and, and this little guy is kind of struggling with a blind spot as well as the ability to be able to change. I swear. You aren't absolutely. That's why, you're, that's why you're on the naughty list. I swear. 
trust me. Well, that's why you're on the naughty list because because you're being naughty right now. So you're gonna be on the naughty list if you keep talking like that. No, no, because Father Christmas is not being very nice to me. Because you're being naughty, so you're on the naughty list. No, I'm not. I'm on the good list actually. You're not because you you're not because you ain't being good. Father Christmas rung me last night when I was at work yes. and said, you better tell Jackson to start being a good boy or he's going to stay on the naughty list and he won't get no presents for Christmas. That's what he said to me. So you've got to start being a good boy. And then I'll do an uppercut to him. No, no, he won't do... No, he would, I'm what? Like this. Punch him. Punch him. You're just silly, man. Hey, trust me. I'm not on bad list. You're on the naughty list, mate. No, I'm not. Well, then be a good boy, then. So we have blind spots. We, we all have them. And, and we've most likely had them for a while. And we've identified some of them over the last several weeks. And, and, and that's half the battle is identifying them. But how do we really change? Or maybe the issues or weaknesses you struggle with, they're not blind spots at all. Maybe you know exactly what is trying to take you out, but haven't been able to get victory over it. Well, you might have tried over and over again, but there's some issue, whether it's greed or lust or, or, or being overly critical or judgmental. Maybe it is anger or pride or maybe some type of addiction. Whatever it is, we all have our hot button sins, our, our, our issues that we should deal with. But isn't it interesting that we have had them for a while and we haven't been able to change? Why is it so hard to change? Well, first of all, it's because we've had these issues for a long time. We just didn't get them overnight. I mean, it's taken years for us to develop this, right? And many of these habits were started when we were kids. This may have been, in fact, a survival tactic. You fell into negative behavior as a sense of comfort or protection. But as you got older, you knew that it wasn't healthy. You knew that that didn't work for you, but it's still hard to get rid of, which is why we started this series talking about unresolved hurts. It's so important that we deal with those hurts, we deal with those pains, and we deal with them early because they'll always come out if we don't, and it's always in a negative way. So maybe you've had them for a long time also because you identify with them. We identify with our issues. We confuse our identity many times with our defects. We give ourselves the excuse that, well, I'm a workaholic, or I'm passive, or I'm aggressive, or I'm timid. And these defects cannot be your true identity. But in this culture, this behavior at looking at your defects as, as your identity is, identity is something that is super, super com common. And we think to ourselves, if I change, will I still be me? Will I sti still be true to myself? Thirdly, many times we have a hard time changing because our patterns have a payoff. They have a payoff. Anything that we do over and over again, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, there is some type of payoff, either emotionally, relationally, or through some stimulation. Because whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. Isn't that true? And this is true in every area of our life. We don't continue to do things that we aren't rewarded for. I mean, we don't. I mean, there, there has to be a payoff there. For, for a habitual activity to happen over and over and again in our life, there must be some type of enjoyment that we receive from it. Sometimes we say to ourselves, if I can't get approval and that's our payoff, then I'll just get attention. Right? Have you ever seen that? Sometimes the payoff is attention. And we have seen, many of us have seen personally people that have done great harm to themselves just so they get attention. They've made poor choices just to where they'll get attention, just so they can have an audience, just so they can tell their story to someone. Have you ever had somebody like that? I, th there was uh, one in particular person in, in, in my life that, that it, oh, man, they just wanted to tell you their story. They just had to get it off their chest. And they kind of liked their story. They kind of liked having the problem so they would have somebody to talk to. And, and truthfully, there's times where you look at a person like that and they go from person to person to person looking for new ears, right? Just looking for somebody new that they can tell their issues to. Number four, and probably the most common reason, is because Satan loves to discourage us. 
He wants to discourage us. And we've identified that he wants to, to, to take us down. And many times he does this through discouragement, which is why we talked about that in week two of this series. He loves to use self-doubt, criticism, accusation, accusations. He loves to attack your self-esteem. He's super good at that. He says things to you like, you're never going to change. You're not strong enough to change. In fact, you know what? You deserve this type of behavior in your life. You're not worthy of a better life, and you're destined to live this way the rest of your life. The devil loves to lie to us. He loves to beat us down. He loves to discourage us so he can continue to defeat us more and more in the future. So there's some reasons why we don't change, but how can we change? What does it really take to make positive changes in your life? Well, the first thing is we have, to, it always starts with a choice. We have to choose to change. Ephesians 4.21 says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal, former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Now, it doesn't say that God is gonna throw that off for you. It doesn't say that if you pray about it, God will take care of it. It says you have to throw that off. You throw off that old behavior. Verse 23, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, which we'll talk here in a second about. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. And anger is something that we talked about in week three. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives, gives a foothold to the devil. The devil is looking to have a foothold in your life and he's gonna take advantage of you however he can. So we have to choose. We have to make the choice to change. Secondly, change requires learning and facing the truth. We have to learn and we have to face. And learning and facing are two different things. Facing it, is actually accepting it. Facing it is saying, okay, I've, I've learned about it, but truthfully, I deal with this issue. I, I understand that I deal with this issue. I understand that it is a weakness of mine. And so I have to face it. Scripture is really cool in Proverbs 23. 23 it says, learn the truth and never reject it. Get wisdom, self-control, and understanding. You see, the secret to personal change is not willpower. And you've probably heard that before. If I just had more willpower, if, if, if I could just make myself do it. Well, the truth is, is that it's not about willpower. It's not about medications or resolutions or gimmicks. It's about knowing and facing the truth about ourselves, facing the truth about our past, facing the truth about our family, facing the truth about our hurts and hangups, facing the truth about our relationships with God and facing the truth about how God sees us. So many times we're under a, this disillusion about ourselves because we want to see ourselves through our eyes instead of seeing ourselves through God's eyes. Now, according to scripture, the truth will set you free, which is a beautiful thing. But a lot of times we don't want to do this because we don't want to know the truth because the truth is painful. It can be super, super painful. And it is amazing because so many times we'll have people that will come, they'll have emotional issues and, and, and uh, issues from trauma in the past. And, and, and it's so obvious that they need counseling or that they need deliverance, but they resist it. They'll flat tell you, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do counseling. I don't want to do deliverance. And you ask them why. Well, there's always an element of fear to it. But the truth is, is that they don't want to do it because they don't want to face the pain of the past. Yeah, they, they buried that a long time ago and they don't want to have to deal with it. And you don't have to dig stuff up if you never bury it in the first place. And so we're around here we try to be super, super proactive about deliverance and about being counseled through situations. It's super, super good to get counseling and deliverance while you're going through a divorce. It's super important that you get counseling and deliverance. Maybe at, when, you, when you go through the loss of a loved one or in the process of losing a loved one, be pre, uh, pre, pre, preventative when it comes to these kind of things instead of waiting to deal with them yourself. And that's not usually what we do. We just think, well, I can deal with it. I'll be okay. I don't, I don't, 
I don't need to deal with the truth of my past. Eventually, it'll just go away, which is another thing that the devil wants us to believe. Well, it's interesting because people have rejected the truth for thousands of years. And most of the time, people don't really want to hear the truth about themselves. You look back clear into the book of Isaiah and the children of Israel just got tired of hearing the truth about their situation. And they say, they tell the seers or God's messengers, don't see any more visions. They say to the prophets, don't tell us the truth. Say things that will make us feel good. See only good things for us. They actually asked the prophets to do this. And the reason they did is because God would speak through the prophets and he would tell them, look, stop making these choices. If you don't stop, this is what's going to happen. And what was going to happen from, the, from their choices, the ramifications weren't good. And so the people got to a point where they're like, I'd rather you just lie to us. I'd rather you just tell us good stuff because we're tired of hearing the bad. We'll stop doing the things that you're doing and you wouldn't have to go through the things that you're going through. If you've ever had someone that tries to reveal a blind spot for you, just like these prophets that we're trying to do for Israel, don't reject it. Don't get offended by it. Now, listen, of course, you got to listen and see if what they're saying has merit, but don't just dismiss it. There are people out there that will have messages for you that are discouraging and, and meant to tear you down. But if somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I just want to let you know that you got a blind spot in this area. And, yeah, you, know, we, you might want to look at it. Listen. Allow that person's boldness to change you. Don't go around and find enough people that will agree with you so you can justify not hearing the real truth. How many times do we do that? Somebody has the nerve to actually tell us the truth and, and, and what do we do? We go find five other people that tell us what we wanna hear and then we don't change. It's not about your truth either, what your truth is. Have you heard that term around a lot lately? Well, that's your truth. Well, no, 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 that, that's my truth. This is what's being taught in our, to our young people right now in, in many school systems and throughout college is that, that they have, and you can create your own truth. Culture is telling us now that it's okay for people to make up their own truth. How dangerous is that, right? How crazy is that? Because this justifies sin, it justifies bad behavior. It absolutely destroys the ability for people to make positive choice changes in their lives. How can you make a change in your life that you need to make if you can just make up your own truth? Can you imagine one day when teachers are trying to, to give tests, how a student will just write down whatever answer they feel is right? And they, they, they flunk the test, but they're like, well, it doesn't matter what, if you say I flunked it, that's my truth. That's where we're headed. And church family, know this, know this, know this. The Bible is the only truth. It's the only truth. It does not change. It's never changed. It is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It does not matter what laws are passed. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter what the news says or what social media tries to dictate. This is the truth. The word of God is the truth. And that is the truth that will set you free. Nothing else. Nothing else. But isn't it interesting how the enemy will get in there and he'll twist everybody. And he'll say, oh yeah, well, scripture's old. Scripture's not for today. Scripture, how am I supposed to live by something that's, that was written 4,000 years ago? I, that, that's not relatable. Of course, that's what the devil's gonna try to sell us. We have to stand by the word of God. John chapter three, verses 11 through 12 is a scripture where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a really respected religious leader. He was super smart. And he was a part of a group, a sect of believers that, that memorized the entire Old Testament. They knew scripture front and backwards. I mean, they, they knew it all and they were super wise, but they became so wise that they stopped seeing the truth. And he addresses them. He says, you're a respected teacher of Israel and you don't know these basics. 
So certain things that were just like right and wrong, he didn't understand. Listen carefully, he says, I'm I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. And this is Jesus, who's the son of God, who's there at the beginning of creation. I mean, he's been there all along. And he's saying, I'm telling you what I've experienced. And I give witness, he says, only to what I have seen with my own eyes. So Jesus is saying, I've seen it. And there's nothing secondhand here, he says, no hearsay. Yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. Have you ever dealt with somebody that just couldn't see the truth and you were trying to talk to them and instead of answering your questions, they ask you questions back? He says, if I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you things you can't see, the things of God? Some of what we believe as Christians is faith. But many of the things that we believe are are black and white. And it is incredible how those things have been twisted to the point that in verse 12, Jesus said, if I tell you the things that are plain as the hands before your face, you won't believe me. That's the times that we're living in now. It's the times that have been protected in scripture. There will come a day when nobody will believe the truth, even though the truth will be standing right in front of their face. Well, one of the truths that we'll have to face and we need to face is that we're we're all broken. In some way, some betrayal, some hardship that we've been through has broken us. And 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. You see, behind every self-defeating behavior is a lie I'm believing. The devil works in lies. He's super good at them. And he's super good at getting us to believe those lies. So if we're going through something and it's just beating us, it's just beating us, know that the devil's hiding behind a lie in our life in some way. And we have to expose the lies to the truth. And you have to do this every day. And the only way that we can do this is by reading the truth, reading the Bible, reading the word of God. Listen to this. It's so true. If you aren't reading God's word daily, then the lies of this world will always have more influence on you than the truth. Always. The truth doesn't have a chance because we're inundated with what the world says, the lies, almost every minute of every day. How is the truth ever supposed to catch up if all we do is listen to the world? We know so many Christians that have been saved for years and they still don't read the Bible. In fact, statistics say only 11% of Christians actually read the Bible on a daily basis. And that survey was done in 2021. And we wonder why Christianity has been losing ground in America for the last 50 years. We wonder why these lies that are out there and the, the way that people are believing those lies, why that is so rampant. And it's because we're not exposing ourselves to the word of God. Now, I know how it is. I understand. And I know a lot of times when people look at pastors, they think, oh, it's easy for them to read their Bible. Oh, it's easy for them to study. Oh, it's easy. It's not. And for me, I know that I get hung up so many times and I get in ruts and I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of doing what I've been doing for my Bible study. I need to change it up. I need to do something different. And if that's you, maybe you just need to change it up. I, I get it. If you've never given the Bible a chance and really allowed it to, to work for you, I, I, would, I would ask, do you have a translation that you can understand? There's certain translations that are super easy to read on a daily basis, and, and there are those that are harder. But I want to do this for you this morning. I'd like for you to get your phones out, and I'm going to put a QR code up on the side screen. And I want you to take a picture of this QR code. If you just hold that up, it should direct you over to an app, and the app is free. The app is through the word, and it is probably one of the best uh, quiet time 
tools that I have seen in years. And what it is, is it gives you every book of the Bible. And it's, it's wonderful because you get a, a, a commentary. So you basically listen to a commentary about the scripture that you're going to read. And then uh, they read the scripture to you. And the guy that reads the scripture is British. And so you know he's really smart. <laughs> Now, as you choose, you can choose whatever it is you want to study. You can study each book of the Bible, and you can do it chronologically, or you can study certain subjects. But, guys, it's wonderful. It is, it's so awesome. And it's only, sometimes there are three minutes a day. At the most, it's ten minutes a day. But if you do chapter by chapter, it will take you through a book of the Bible chapter at a time in like ten minutes, ten minutes a day. And, and, and here's the other thing, I, and it's wonderful because sometimes I know we, we don't have the time to read. So this will read it to you, but what I really recommend is that you get a Bible that you can understand where you can follow it along. This version uses the NIV when it goes through the scripture, which is a great, which is a great translation. But get a Bible that has lines in it where you can make notes and write down how the Lord is impacting you through that scripture. And then one day after you've done every book of the Bible, Give that to your kids. Give that to your grandkids. Give it to them as a gift and say, you know what? I spent years, your papa, your dad spent years going through scripture. And these are his thoughts. And this is what the Lord gave him every day throughout those years. This is my gift to you. Give the word of God a chance. Allow it to transform your life. Allow it to bring forth change. Allow it to expose your mind to the truth. Number three, Lasting change requires new thinking. We have to change our mindset. Rick Warren, who's pastor of Saddleback Church in, in uh, California, I, I, I love him. He's such a great pastor. He, he, his quote, I quote him when, when uh, I read this, because if you know Rick Warren, this is so him. He says, you aren't what you think you are, but what you think you are. You aren't what you think you are, but what you think you are. Ephesians 4.23 says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit do that. Because here's the thing. What you think determines how you feel, which determines how you act. It all starts here. What you think determines how you feel, which determines how you act. So if you get up in the morning, you got a lousy attitude or you're thinking the wrong things, you're going to feel awful and you're going to act accordingly. But if you can start off the day with the right thinking, and that's why it's so good to start off exposing your mind to the truth, it can change your day. Philippians 2.5, and this is Amplified Version, says, let these same attitudes and purpose and humble mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. So you say, okay, what do I do? How do I think better well, I think the best way we think better is to bind our mind to Jesus who thought on this earth for 30 years. He thought, which changed how he felt, which things how, changed how he acted, and he never committed a sin one time. That's who I want to bind my mind to. So bind it. So in Jesus' name, every day, and I know that a lot of times I'll say, hey, you know, I pray this every day. I pray this every day. Well, you don't want to get in a rut with your prayer life, but there's certain like foundational points that we need to pray on a daily basis. And, and I think that's one of them. Jesus, bind my mind to yours. Help me to think the way you think. Help me to, to act and react the way that you do because he is the perfect person to model our thought life after. When you put on the mind of Christ, you will look at your defect different. He will give you a whole new perspective on your situation when you bind your mind to his and when you expose your mind to the truth. And number four, lasting change requires community and coaching. There's some things in your life you will never be able to change without support. You might be able to change them for a little while on your own, but not long-term. You can probably think about the changes that you've made in your life in a positive way. And you can probably associate a person with that change. Somebody that helped you walk through that storm. Somebody that helped guide you make that change in your life. Now, in 2022, we, we've taught 
on community a lot. And we took the entire, almost the entire month of September and spoke about the importance of friendship and accountability. And we also spent an entire session at the marriage retreat on this subject because it's so important. It's so important for our success in life. Don't try to do it alone. Why do that? It is so much easier if you have somebody do it with you. Ephesians 4.25 in the New Century Version says, So you must stop telling lies. Tell each other the truth because we all belong to each other in the same body. It's like you're lying to your own appendage when you do that. Proverbs 28.13 in the Good News Translation says, You will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. Then God will show mercy to you. You're always going to have blind spots until you allow others close enough to expose them to you. We're always going to struggle with that if we don't have somebody that will be honest with us. Pastor Will came up to me today and he says, you know, we started going through this series of blind spots and in my small group, we've decided that we're going to ask each other the question. We're going to just say, do you see a blind spot in me. That's bold. And it's really bold if you ask your spouse that question. Do you see a blind spot in me? Because I want to know. I don't want to go through life not knowing it's there. I don't want to struggle in friendships or have people not want to be around me because I have blind spots. I have these big issues that, that, are, that are just driving people out of my life. Be honest. Galatians 6.2 says, by helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Be in community, but also allow yourself to be coached. Always be learning. Allow others to have been there, that have been there to speak into you. Let those that have experienced the things that, that, that they have, let that speak into you and help you through the storms of your life. Stay in church, watch podcasts, read books, always be a student. One of the things that I admire about uh, my youngest daughter and my wife is that they love to learn. They would stay in school their entire life if they could. My, my youngest daughter came up to me one day and she's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go audit some history classes at Mesa. And I'm like, now you don't have to be that sick, okay? But we need, a, we need to be willing to do that. We need to have a book that we're reading that, that challenges us. Of course, we need to be reading scriptures, but listen to podcasts. There's, there's so many tools through technology now where you can just, you can get on YouTube or you can get on Facebook and, or, or find your favorite speaker maybe in the, throughout the country. You can listen to those things right on YouTube in your car. Always be learning. Always have a softened heart. Always be growing. Oh man, and it will help you to change the things in your life that you want to. So as you bow with me this morning, Lord, we thank you that you've revealed some blind spots to us. And I pray you continue to do that. If there's something in our lives that we need to deal with, show us. Maybe it's something we don't see or maybe it's something we know about really well. Help us to deal with it. We wanna make the choice this morning to deal with it. And help us to have the strength to change love you, God. And we want to be better at the end of each year than when we started. And we don't want to carry around old issues for our whole life. We want to go somewhere new with you. We love you and we thank you for being patient with us. We thank you for being patient with our blind spots, God, because we know you see them. Just help us with ours. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do so right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. 
and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.